This is Right at the Fork, and this is Chris Angeles. We're here to talk about the Portland food scene. You can find us on Stitcher, iTunes, uh, TuneIn Radio, and we really appreciate it when you give us ratings. That's how other people find us. So if you can not only share the podcast with others, but give us ratings wherever you found this, we'd appreciate it. You can also find us at rightatthefork.com, portlandfoodadventures.com, discoverportland.net, and of course, portlandfoodanddrink.com. Those are great places to find the podcast if you're ever at a loss. Uh, Today, we have Sarah and Dirk Marshall of Marshall's Hot Sauce. Not not oat sauce, but hot sauce. And uh, they have developed a line of hot sauces that they sell at the Portland Farmer's Market. They have... um, They've grown quite rapidly, and we're going to talk to them about that, primarily because, obviously, their sauce has to be great, but what makes it a little different is that they're using local produce, both vegetables and fruit in their sauces, makes them very unique, and they're really catching on um, in the area, and they're starting to, their tentacles are starting to expand into California and Washington, and I'm sure perhaps by the time you're listening to this podcast... Uh, even further. Um, You can also, by the way, listen to, we have 30 some odd other podcasts at this stage of the game that you can go listen to in our archives where you can find it right at the fork, SoundCloud, didn't mention that before too. Uh, But Sarah and Dirk Marshall are very interesting people. They started this business. Really, there, there was no purpose to starting their business other than she enjoyed making hot sauce and she made great hot sauce and it started catching on. Um, and so they have, uh, they're three years into it. It's fun to talk to them about the process of starting a business, a packaged goods business, what it takes to, uh, to get out there and sell it, how you uh, run a family and a business at the same time and, uh, and do it well. So Sarah and Dirk Marshall, Marshall's Hot Sauce with us now. Dirk, you didn't get the memo on the all black. I was close. Yeah, you're close. You got it started. Yeah. It's an off day for me, so throw some gray in there. Yeah, that's good. Nice to meet you both. Yes, nice to meet you. Haven't had the pleasure. Just heard about you. We were talking to Kumi, and when we asked about her favorite places or things about Portland, you came right up. That's so awesome. We just ran into her out in the lobby. Yeah, we told her we that was going to happen. We didn't even know that <laughs> she was here. She was fun to talk to. Um, so thanks for coming this morning. Thanks for having us. Uh, I hear lots of great things about you. I probably, I said to Heather, I'm sure I've met you because you're at events. You're at the farmer's market. Yeah. I haven't been down in the, down to the farmer's market in, in a couple of months, actually. Um, but how's it going down there? Going good. We um, are still doing the Saturday uh, Portland Farmers Market, and mm-hmm. so we'll probably do it for another month or so. We stop around December when it gets really rainy and dreary, though. How far in advance do you need to commit to the months there? How, do that, how does that work? Well, you sign up for um, a season, and the summer season ends about um, September, and then, um, and then you can re-sign up for winter. And so for the winter, we just kind of are on call. So if anybody cancels, we just fill in in different spaces, so we move around the market a lot. Nice. Yeah. So I have to ask you, do you pronounce it Marshall's hot sauce? Is it oat sauce? 
How, what that's is a good question. <laughs> we do it both ways because sometimes it's a little confusing for people. So a lot of times we'll just say hot sauce so that people know that it's actually spicy so that they're getting like two messages at once. Yeah. That's how we Most people it. just say hot sauce. Yeah. But um but I mean when you look at it you wonder I did. Yeah. yeah. And uh whether that's pronouncing it properly and I'm always often pronouncing things wrong and regretting it so I didn't want to do that here. Yeah. Well, and we never really want to correct people because we don't want them to feel. Oh, t- uh, you don't yeah. want to, you don't want to have the French snobbery yeah. come out with that yeah. word. Yeah, that's not the the way to go with that. So, is there a um, there are quite a, you know hot sauce is a big business now. Yeah, and you didn't necessarily plan that. You just started making it, and it was really good, and it went from there. So you didn't you never really had a business plan when you started this that said there's X percent growth in this market and we'll go from there? Definitely not, no. And um, have you gotten there yet? No, you're just, mm, you're just. Well, we, I mean, it start, we, di- we didn't set out to, you know, we weren't like, oh, people really like hot sauce. Let's come up with some recipes and make hot sauce. It was right. kind of the opposite. We, I had the recipes and then thought, well, I really, I was doing social work and I really want to, do something different and I either am going to take these recipes and see if I can bottle it or I'm going to maybe have a food cart and I can make food um, with these sauces and people will come get it. So I, I still have like the, um, you know, the folder on my computer which where I was listing out which thing, I which direction I wanted to go. And then I, I thought about like the weather mostly was the deciding factor and was like, I don't really want to sit out there, sit out there all the time. And I'd rather, you know, have something that people could have and take home with them. So we, you know, looked into how to make a sauce business. And how long ago was that? So that was, um, we've, we've established the business this, we just had our third year anniversary party. So mm-hmm. we've been doing it for three years and I think I was deciding a, about four years ago. What so do. what's the cycle in, in your business? What did you see when, you know, you probably have a period where it's, uh, there's a lot of hope involved that yeah. you're not sure it's going to, it's going to catch on. Then w- what happens to make you think, Hey, we've got something here. At what point is that? And then what's progressed since then? I assume that's already happened. And where are you now? Well, so <laughs> let's see. So we, um, I think the hope was at first that I could just do it, do the business full time. So that was kind of the first thing that and, happened. And Dirk, you were working. Yeah. Then, so you weren't part of this at this point. That point. Uh, well, I've always been a background mm-hmm. part of it, um, but I didn't actually get to transition from having two jobs to just this into, since uh, it was June. Of this year. Of this year. Yeah, okay. this year. So that's part of the cycle. Yeah. That I was. Yeah, definitely. I mean, everything kind of comes in stages. Like we started out of our um, home kitchen. And so, you know, we could only be so big doing it that way because I could only do batches of sauce in, you know, at first we were doing them just 12 bottles at a time. So we quickly grew out of that. Like within the first year, um, I was having to just make sauce over and over and over. As soon as I would finish a batch, I would have to start another one. And, And so it was like, 
constantly. When did you get past 12 bottles? Because that would be crazy to constantly be doing 12 <laughs> well, bottles. Well, I was making it in crock pots. And so that's all that would fit in the crock pot. So when when I basically ran out of counter space because I had six crock pots lined up go. on our counter, <laughs> we were like, it's time to move to a bigger space. Yeah. And, and so that was kind of our first step. Um, and and so, how many bottles come out of a crock pot? Is that 12? Yeah, that's 12. 12 yeah. bottles in a cro- mm-hmm. per crock. So you're yeah. up to 72 before yes. you said we're getting out of this kitchen. Yeah, we got to figure something else out. So we found a commercial kitchen space. And then that made it so that we could make as much in just two days of production as, as I was, because I was working every day doing it. So seven days a week I was making the sauces in our kitchen. And then when we moved to a bigger space and could do it on a bigger level, we... Um, you know, we only had to produce two days a week. Yeah. That was probably the scariest stage was finding the commercial kitchen space, deciding if that was the right thing to do. We had a, a garage that we're not using, so we were like, we could convert the garage into a commercial kitchen space. Like, we didn't... Yeah, we had all these crazy, crazy ideas, ideas. <laughs> of what, what we could do. Well, Apple computers started in the garage. Too, right. So, you know, yeah. never know. So, when you made that decision with the commercial space, were you confident that you'd have the sales to support that? Yeah, and, our, how, and, we're, and you, our, ha, you had to go from seventy-two bottles to what in the commercial space in a week or a month? Well, so everything just keeps kind of naturally growing. So we we moved to the commercial kitchen space. At first, we were there just there one day a week. Then we were there two. Now we're usually there about four. Mm-hmm. And so as our production needs kind of change, we can just adapt to it. Um, and then you know, Dirk always was working full time and then coming into the kitchen and working again. So now we can produce a lot more because we're both doing it all the time. And, you know, before we were just there a little bit. So where's, where is the, where's distribution now? You're at the farmer's market, but you're also in New Seasons and some yeah, other stores Yeah, we're as in well. a lot of local stores. So what does um, it take to have that happen? And, and how important is being at the Portland farmer's market to making that happen? Because I, there, there's a certain credibility that yeah. goes with, hey, we're at the farmer's market every I day. I think being every part Saturday. of the Portland farmer's market is what has made our business thrive. Because yeah. we, um, you know, we have a constant consumer base there. We're there every week. Um, but then also people find us. So we've ended up in a lot of other states and a lot of other stores because people that own specialty food shops come to the farmer's market. So they find us, and it's also how we've gotten a lot of the really great press that we've got because a lot of people will come and taste our sauces. We're there always sampling so they can always come taste things, and then they're like, this is wonderful. I want to write about it. And so then we end up in magazines mm-hmm. and, and things. And so it, it's all based around the biggest, Portland What's your market. biggest press so far? We were just in the Wall Street Journal um, as one of the top 50 items of the year. So oh, nice. um, that was really great huge. for us yeah a lot of people um ordered online and mm-hmm. and contacted us to be in their stores if they were store owners so it was really huge and that just happened um naturally there's a food writer that lives in portland that had our sauces and and then submitted it as one of the items and the editors um had me ship them sauce and then tasted it and then put it in there so the day that it hit were you yeah. able to handle the, the calls, the emails? Yeah, the- so it was actually on Saturday. We yeah. were working at the farmer's market, and all of a sudden I started getting all of these online orders, which, I mean, we don't get that many online orders normally. And so, um, you know, I was like, Dark, we just got like 50 orders in the last, you know, few minutes. And so it was 
really exciting. And then our family came over and helped us pack up boxes and yeah. we got them all out and, and it was good. But, you know, our business is really just the two of us and then our family helps out. And sometimes we have some part-time helpers here and there. But um, Our website did crash a bunch that day, though. It wasn't ready yeah, for first, that volume. The first of, day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I never realized, at you know, a food dude who helped me with my website, we were talking about different things. And he said, you realize if this happens, you're not going to – you're." You're just going to crash. Yeah. yeah. And I never realized that. Did you realize yeah. that? I mean, there are all these parts of putting together a business like yours that come about and you learn about them the hard way, I would imagine. Yeah. So our- Reactive um, versus active. Our The person that does our website is also a family member. It's Dirk's cousin. And he, right away, you know, when I was like, uh, this is happening and he checked it and fixed it and, and we kept, we got it running again. So it was nice that- there was like an immediate person to help. I don't know that I, I would have been able to fix it. So, no, I have no idea. Yeah. So, so how did you go from you make great hot sauce to I had to produce this? How many people said, "Wow, this is awesome"? And, and wh- how did you feel when that happened? Yeah, so you know, I, this wasn't your business. This was just no, something you did it was, well. It wasn't my business. I was just really into canning, which I had learned to do from my mom and from from Dirk's mom. Um, and so we. I was canning things and making sauces and um, and I started giving it to people as gifts. And then people just really liked it and were really responsive. We had a garden and we're growing a lot of the vegetables. And so I was just realizing the difference between using like, you know, local homegrown stuff and that that was really making a difference when I was making the sauces. And so that's in what flavor, I, just in not flavor. in psyche. Yeah, just. no, in flavor. They definitely taste better if you're using something that is grown, um, you know, here and, and picked it when it's fresh than um, using something from somewhere else. So as you grow, right, mm-hmm. and I assume the, the, that's the plan to keep yeah. growing so that while you had one crock pot, you needed six. Now you need yeah. more crock pots. Mm-hmm. You now have two people. You yeah. sometimes need family members. Yeah. That's going to become more of a permanent thing at yeah. some point where they're not family members. You're going to need people. Also, with the uh, with how you source, at yeah. some point, will you be able to continue doing what you're doing with the quality that you have yeah. if you can't necessarily source it from these small farms if you've got to go that's bigger. that's a really interesting thing about our business and what kind of makes us stand apart from um, from other you know commercial products is just that we do use local ingredients from farmers so that also means they're not always available but I think that has made people interested mm-hmm. in our in our brand you know we have limited edition sauces that we only do part of the year and it's because, you know, we can only get the ingredients a certain amount of time. Um, but we do have farmers that grow stuff for us. So um, for the last couple of years, I, I have one farmer in partic- particular that I work with, Rick Steffen Farms. And he, you know, I've just asked him, hey, can you grow habaneros for me? Because I'm not able to find the amount that I need. So he will plant a bunch of plants. And then <laughs> this year his plants were so <laughs> prolific that I had to figure out what to how to make a lot more sauce because there was a certain amount of time that we could use them and then a lot of times I will freeze them so that I can use them <clears throat> later in the year and so I needed to buy more freezers and that was like a big you know kind of conundrum of yeah. you know that happened this year and we just thought well we're going to just be prepared to make as much sauce as we can make and so 
Yeah, we he thought, showed up with 13 boxes of habaneros. We thought it was going to be five. Yeah. It was 13. Yeah. And they're the best habaneros, and they're like the size of like, gosh, I don't even know, 50-cent piece or larger. 50-cent piece. I haven't seen a 50-cent piece in a while, but I can it's, imagine it. It's a good I'm size. guessing if you just put your fingers together, it's around. Yeah. Yeah. Your, That's, your thumb and your index finger. Yeah. Somewhere around there. So, yeah. um, and where's this farm? Is it? They are by Salem. By, um, in Salem. Silverton, yeah. And so, how often is he delivering to you? How what what does the pro, what does the operation look like? So in, in how of- how it works is that we go to the um, to the Saturday farmers market and we um, are oh, working. Wednesday. So we bring all of the sauce and then we, you know, hopefully sell all of the sauce and then <laughs> fill our car with all the produce that the farmers brought okay. for us. And then we take it to the kitchen and we make um, sauce on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. So that's um, kind of our cycle. And then we do pickups again, usually on Wednesday at the Sheminsky Park Farmer's Market because we're in the kitchen on Wednesdays mm-hmm. as well. And then um, if we need extra stuff, a lot of the farmers will deliver to us at the kitchen. And how many different farms are you using? Um, you know, as many as we can because there's always different stuff. So we have certain farms that grow a certain thing. So like we get um, tomatillos and carrots from Denoble Farm, and that's pretty much exclusive mm-hmm. to them. And then um, from Groundworks, we get onions and lemongrass, and they're really one of the only farms that grows lemongrass. Yeah. And so we use that in our Serrano ginger lemongrass sauce, which is one of our most popular ones. And a- then abundant. Rick Stefan grows a lot of our peppers. Yeah, almost all of them, and our and our tomatoes, and the serranos from abundant abundant field farms. Yeah, so we we work with a lot, and then the other thing that we do is um, try to get the rest of our ingredients from local artisan producers. So we use Jacobson salt as our salt in all of our sauces. Mm-hmm. We use um, be local honey. I know he's been here before, Damien, um, as our honey in all of our sauces. So we just try to support other people while we're doing our business it's a very portland thing yeah it is Uh, i I mean i think it it's not it makes us excited about what we're making and it makes them excited to be part of our process i love the fact that everybody's involved in different facets of everybody's business and they all talk about it and i think if this had happened 20 years ago before the days of social media it would have been different but you can all promote each other's businesses now it's a very cool thing so where did you get started what what interested interested you in hot sauce how did you well it was more i worked in social work and i worked at group homes and i was in charge of the food the kids really liked spicy food and i wanted to make them food that was good and we got a lot of um donations from the food bank and so i just started i would just get these ingredients and i would start making sauces and things that's how we they really liked barbecue sauce at the time. That's how I came up with that recipe. But so I just, that's how the recipes were established. So it was just kind of like natural. I didn't ever think I was going to have a business. It was just something that I was doing. Were you into food when you were a kid? Were you Did you cook a lot when you were a kid? Or is this just something that came up later? Well, and it's interesting. You're not the first one to sit in that chair who came from social work. I know. I, yeah. Damien, I, didn't Damien? Yeah, uh-huh. Damien well, yeah. did. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's yeah. why we were immediately friends. We just had that same connection yeah I was still working um, in social work when one day when I went with Sarah to pick up um, salt from Ben and then that's when we met Damien right Mm -hmm. and I was sitting there exhausted from my day of work and looking at somebody who's harvesting salt somebody who's making hot sauce and somebody that's doing honey 
and they're all like, I was like, how do you follow this dream? Like, what? Yeah. this is amazing. I feel kind of like the... Um, like the food community is the kind of community you're after when you go into social work. Yeah. So when you when you start doing that, you really want to like be part of building this awesome community and that it's more difficult than it seems. When you're doing social work, a lot of times you see the ugliness of community. And I feel like had I known, I mean, going into being part of the Portland Farmers Market and the and the food community, everybody's really supportive of each other. You can build these really nice friendships and um, and it's really like healthy interaction. And I feel like that's why some of us end up in this work. Yeah. I don't know if, if that connection. I don't know if that happens all over the country, though. I think yeah. it's and, and I know there are other communities, uh, but Portland, it's the thread that yeah. runs through our. Yeah. Our community. And it's really, I mean, it's a great community to be part of. And I feel yeah. like it, it couldn't happen everywhere, but I feel like it's very Portland. Well, the other cool thing is that most of you, uh, seven years ago, weren't in the community. So yeah. Yeah. it's like this place, this time, all these people. And, you know, it's very cool that to see it happen. I, no yeah. one had heard of Jacobson Salt five years ago. No. And now he's, you know, he's in everything. And yeah. so is Damien. Yeah. You, and you guys are, it's... It's a very cool thing. You did a uh, Kickstarter to buy a few crockpots, I would imagine. We did, <laughs> we did a, a Kickstarter to be able to move into the commercial kitchen space, um, and we had to buy new equipment. So we don't we don't make our sauces and crockpots anymore, but we um, had to get, you know, basically we were breaking everything because yeah. we were doing it on a using home, you know, equipment like mm. blenders and crockpots, and everything was just, not built for that so we had to buy all commercial stuff so we did a kickstarter to do that and it, it i'm curious what's the formula for kickstarter on on the rewards that you have to give out yeah and you're doing it to make money yeah um so is there do they provide you with a general give back 20 percent or no, is it a percentage but i was taking some business classes at mercy corps um right around that time and they talked about that kind of thing in the class like budgeting wise how mm -hmm. to figure it out so we did we did do incentives but we had to figure out how much money we really needed based on what we had to give away so part of the money that you earn is actually going back into making product for people because that's what we did as our incentives mm -hmm. and then we also tried to do some incentives that were um fun for people so i did some canning classes mm -hmm. and i did a, we did a dinner yeah. um so things that we could you know budget into it where we still had the money we needed to buy our equipment so do you know the uh, percentage of people who like spicy food now i don't because we were just talking about it a little while ago that, um, you know, I think 20 years ago, spice wasn't, there wasn't much spice in food. Yeah. I don't remember saying, hey, this is talking about thresholds and, yeah. and, and being served dishes that were too, too much for me. Yeah. I know that um, even for talking to the farmers at the farmer's market, yeah. they're growing a lot more peppers and that's what they're really selling a lot of. So I think people are, and they didn't used to, I think people are definitely, they're their palates are changing, and they like more heat, which is great for us. Yeah, no, I think that's great. And it's a, it's a self-perpetuating thing because the more you get used to it, the more you tune your palate to it, yeah. the more you can handle. Yeah. Um, I know I started pretty mild, and I can go a little hotter now. Yeah. And uh, I've seen it with my son who couldn't stand any bit of spice whatsoever yeah we see and a now, lot of kids that are into spicy food you know we try to um, tell them when they come to the table because we have some mild sauces and we have some hotter sauces yeah. and 
So we kind of guide them along. But a lot of kids will start with the mild ones, but they'll keep going and try them all. They're pretty adventurous. So have you had, um, are your sauces being used commercially? In, uh, well, I mean, in restaurants here, the way Jacobson Salt is able no, to say not, we're served everywhere. Not really. Um, a, cu- a couple of people. Um, the, the cost of our sauces is, is higher because we are using such quality ingredients. So when a restaurant um, can, say, go get something for their tables, that's really inexpensive because they're giving it away. It's, it's better for them to do that a lot of times. So we have a couple of, of restaurants that we do a growler program mm-hmm. for. So we fill the sauces so that they can use it. But it's most it's not really them putting it out. Yeah. No, I was more thinking in the kitchen. Yeah. Because now, you know, you'll see on menus many times. Yeah. This, this, this with Marshall's hot sauce. Yeah. Is that happening? And where is it happening? It is happening a little bit. Well, deep sea chili. Yeah. We made a sauce that was for the walrus and carpenter in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And so they serve mostly oysters. And they wanted something that was, um, people always asked for cocktail sauce. They wanted something like that, um, so they had me well, they asked for Tabasco. Tabasco. They had me go into like r- recipe development, basically, to make something to go with their oysters. So, so we that was one restaurant partnership that was really fun, and we just um, make it for them. And then sometimes uh, Jarrett from Oyster Social will use it at his oyster pop ups mm-hmm. as well. And then um, there's a restaurant opening clutch that they um, are doing sausages and um, they want to use our barbecue sauce on one of their um, creations. So we're going to start that partnership. And then um, who else uses it? A couple of the cheese plate, a food cart. They make um, this really awesome mac and cheese with our habanero carrot curry sauce. Nice. Spin laundry does a sandwich. Spin laundry does a sandwich and that one kind of changes. So they, um, as our sauces change, they'll do a seasonal sandwich. So the next one they're doing, we just started making our cranberry red jalapeno sauce. Mm-hmm. So they do like a turkey sandwich with cranberry sauce and Portland creamery goat and cheese. Portland creamery goat cheese. So have you had an instance yet where you've gone into a restaurant or a Walrus and Carpenter and had your sauce where the chef had a vision, took what you had, you tasted it and said, holy shit, yeah. this is fantastic. Gregory, yeah. we went to Departure and um, Gregory had got our sauces at the farmer's market and knew we were coming in to eat. And so he made a few dishes yeah. with our sauces. And it was, I mean, it was never anything that I would even think of. He did two desserts. Yeah. Uh, with your sauces? Yeah. Yes. The Serrano ginger lemongrass was in one dessert and the habanero carrot curry yeah. was and in another. He also and that did blew some... my mind. I wonder if he used one of your sauces in last week's Top Chef. <laughs> I don't think Because so. that was the issue. You know, it was the, they loved the dish. Yeah. And they said it might be just too over the top. Yeah. With, oh, yeah. So With the scotch I'm, bonnet peppers. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, definitely. I'm curious. But uh, that's got to be uh, an honor and, a, and just... A special experience to yeah. have someone like Gregory Gorday yeah. at departure use your uh, use your ingredient and then serve it to you. Yeah, it's it's pretty. I mean, it makes you feel really special and excited and yeah. excited about the people around you. I bet you there'll be more and more. Yeah, I hope going so. On. I would think great. so. Yeah, it's As, w- it's one of those things that, like in the social work world, there there's not a lot of, or at least for us, wasn't a lot of pats on the backs or uh, compliments or yeah. smiles in a day. And then going to this where, like, say at the farmer's market, people come up and, and try something that you've made, and then they look at you and they're like, this is amazing. And it's like, where? what other experience do you have where you get 
these sort of like affirmations. Yeah. yeah, and it's just it just feels so good. Or people say, I gave this to my, you know, friend for their birthday or whatever. Or, or holidays is a big thing yeah. for us. And it's like you, we get to make something that's underneath someone's like Christmas tree. Yeah, and, like, we're part of their to, family experience, which is really just, nice. That's unreal. And to have like Gregory say to what did he say? You the, he was like one of the first people that that said something so positive. Uh, he said, like, you really know what you're doing. Oh, or, yeah. Yeah, when I first great. met him, I was like, whoa. You know, well, because you had to, in the beginning, not th- you had to, there had to be a little, do I really know what I'm doing here? I, you know, some people have said it's good, but how's this yeah, going to be accepted? In the and then when chefs do. Yes, it, you know, it's not, it doesn't just happen, like, overnight yeah. that, you know, things were amazing. Sure, so there was definitely, like, rainy, dreary farmer's oh, markets yeah. where I was paying more for a booth and I was selling. And Did I you ever say, thinking, I don't know if we can do this. Did you ever think uh, maybe we ought to find something else along well, the way? Well, I just thought I would have to keep working and doing other things and then it would be like a side project for sure. And I thought I would just do maybe some counseling or something on the side. Um, so there was definitely Hot that. sauce counseling. I think that would be, <laughs> the, yeah. this is the answer to your problems right here. You try the sandwich and then recommend which hot sauce. Yeah, yeah. I so can really help you with that problem. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking too much here. We'll try this. So um, I'm curious. So now you've, as of June, you made the decision. You're working together. Yeah. You're you're married together. Yep. You have. Uh, we have a baby. Yep. You have, how old She's is about she? to be one. Oh, wow. About to be one. Yeah. So uh, this is not easy stuff. That's not easy. That's the hardest thing you're doing. Yeah. yeah. And you're juggling all of that. How's that going? It's going good. I mean, we, you know, we work a lot and we are with our baby a lot, but luckily we have um, family around. So like right now she's with my mom mm-hmm. and yesterday she was with Dirk's mom. And so... Um, we have a lot of support in it, so we can still do the things for the business, and we can still do things with each other. Yeah. You know, we have um, we still get to have regular date nights, which is nice mm-hmm. because our parents will watch her, and she gets to be part of the farmers market experience. She comes with us to every market, um, and so then everybody gets to meet her, and I feel like it's a wonderful environment for her to grow up in. People yeah. come and and so you're getting along really well at at. at yeah, at we work? work. We work really yeah, well together. We do. We That's we met working together like ten, over ten years ago. But social work is <laughs> different. <laughs> social work is different than, you know, meeting and getting along. Yeah. And, the, and doing this day after day, and and there's some pressure, I would yeah. imagine. You know, <clears> there is, but but uh, I think so. We'll just we just kind of like to see how things go. And where do you see the where do you see the business in um, five years? I'd like to still keep it a family business. I mean, I like having all of our family involved and um, and us doing it. We don't really want to, you know, outsource and have co-packers do it. We'd like to just keep it going and have it still be our jobs. Yeah. So if, if someone came, and I know you probably haven't thought about this, but if someone came in and said, we'd like to buy your name and buy this, you're not in the position right now where you'd want to even do that because you have too much passion for it and you wouldn't be able to keep your finger on it. Yeah, I don't I don't think that we would yeah. do it. We get to, I mean, sample every batch of sauce yeah. that we make. And there's something great about knowing that what you're putting in that bottle is exactly what you want it to be. Because using, like, fresh produce and even the those habaneros we got from Rick Steffen, they were so hot 
and so amazing that we had to adjust the recipe. And you wouldn't know that if you were going through. We have a lot of, we're able to do all the quality control. Mm -hmm. If something isn't great, we either fix it or don't. Yeah. Bottle it. So, you know? so the the peppers have to be a little different. So you're talking about quality control mm -hmm. and great or not. Yeah. But what about consistency in flavor? I'm not talking about consistency in quality. But yeah. So that when someone buys a bottle, they know exactly yeah. what they're getting and it's not going to change just a little bit because you sourced it differently or it was a different season or... Yeah, we usually can... I mean, it's not exact. Some batches will be maybe just a little bit hotter than the other, but we try to keep it pretty, mm -hmm. pretty accurate, but it's all based on us tasting it. You know, every batch we sometimes, if it's like, oh, that's too hot, we can add more of whatever we need mm -hmm. to vinegar, or tomatoes or whatever it is. So when you go out to eat, are you eating spicy food only or is it, uh, do you no. like a variety? Yeah, we like everything. Um, and so where are you liking to go? Where are you liking in Portland now? Where do you like? Uh, I like Pele's place a lot. Yeah, we end up there a lot. And uh, Tala. Tala. And um, those are two good spots. Yeah. yeah. I, if I had just mentioned those two, I might be at a loss for another one. Yeah. Yeah. We but, we do we did the Northwest Farmers Market sometimes on Thursdays, so our parents would come pick up Adeline, and then that's we a would, pretty name. Thanks. I like that. Yeah, that's our daughter's name. So they would come pick her up, and then we would get to go out eat and those were our two top spots yeah. I would say well, that's good so what are your um, what are your top so how many different sauces do you have we actually right now because we just did a new one we have eight and and wow. this week at the farmers market or well I guess this, this Saturday yeah would be the only time that we would have all of them because we don't like I said sometimes we just make limited batches so we don't always have all of them but we were just figuring out we have eight sauces total and our most popular ones are always the Serrano ginger lemongrass and then the habanero carrot curry. But then the limited ones that people can't always get, they start to become more sought after. So we do this one called gin roasted pepper. Mm -hmm. And it um, we use dogwood distilling gin to rehydrate dried chilies. And then we have um, red bell peppers that we roasted and, and peel. And, um, and that has local in it right yeah we we use damien's honey in that one too and which, so which honey which neighborhood is we, in that well so we used to use the laurelhurst <laughs> when we first started but then we needed too much and so now we use the farmland honey so that's nice. that's what we use in that one and do you specify that in the when you say does it just say honey does it say be local honey it says be local honey but it doesn't say the variety just yeah. in case that well, needs so to you're keep in Portland, changing you need to do that you're gonna just have to grow the bottles so i you know can yeah a larger Our list. ingredients list will just be longer and longer because <laughs> it's, it's describing long. all of the stuff well yeah. you, you know if you go to tasting sons there's that that list i think their chalkboard had to get bigger oh yeah yeah because or, or actually the, talk about the type that. size has to get smaller one yeah. or two because yeah. they talk about all their their suppliers. Yeah, I think it's great. I think it's something unique to hear for sure. Yeah. So um, you're at the. You're not going to be at the over the winter. Where are people going to find you if you're not necessarily at the? Where do, Where do they find your product? Give us all the places. Tell us where we find you online sure. on Instagram on Twitter. Yeah. So we are in in the winter when we're not at the farmers market. <clears throat> we have our commercial kitchen. We sell sauce out of there. Um, and that is over by OMSI. It's 
1640 Southeast Third. Mm -hmm. So they can always get it there. Um, and then we're in a lot of specialty markets around town. So uh, New Seasons, Whole Foods, um, Elephants, Elephants, Pastorks, Zupans. Um, That's a pretty good job. And what yeah. did you have to do to make that happen? I just usually go into the store and give them a bottle of sauce and mm -hmm. say, hey, I make this, try it. Let me know if you like it. And and then people place orders. We don't have a distributor. We don't have a delivery driver. My dad retired this year, so he ends up dropping off a lot of the sauces for us. That's easy. Mm -hmm. I mean, it sounds too easy because uh, <laughs> years ago, I worked in an ad agency and we did package goods, right? Yeah. Clients like Kraft. Shelf... Getting shelf space yeah. was, you know, they'd pay a million dollars to be in every stop and shop and have five inches. Yeah. And so it just sounds, it's so Portland that you can walk in, basically drop it off and say, here, if you like this, and they're going to see it's local and yeah. they want to do it. It's a really cool thing. Yeah. It's amazing. I, I, I feel really grateful that yeah. it works that way. Are, are, is the entree into Whole Foods in Portland working to move into other markets as well? Um, so we are in the just a couple of the Portland stores and then some in Seattle and we're um, we're maybe going to go into a couple in California. We just were down in L.A. talking to some of the grocery managers down there. And then um, we also are in some Williams Sonoma stores. So some of their top selling stores. So that gets us into some bigger cities as well, like San Francisco. Oh, that's and great. New yeah. York. And and so we can grow as we need to because a lot of because Whole Foods and, and Williams Sonoma have. Um, a lot of stores. Fantastic. Yeah. So not only there, but we I interrupted you, MarshallHotSauce.com. And yes. it, hot is spelled H-A-U-T-E. Yes. So yeah. remember that. Don't. I would imagine if you Googled Marshall's Hot Sauce, H-O-T, Portland, you'd up. get to the right yeah. place. Yeah. So there's that. Um, Instagram, Spicy Marshall. Yep. Correct? Mm-hmm. And then Dirk Zaster is Dirk's yeah, it's not Instagrams. It's It's... A lot will have a lot to do with our sauce it as does. well. It always does. Says baby. where we are. Yeah. Thanks so much for coming by. Yeah. Thank Thanks it. for having us. This is a nice spicy 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs>